0: Welcome to Inside the Promo. I'm your host, Craig Craigerson. On tonight's show, we sit down with the man who says he was Jay Lethal's personal stylist in TNA. But first, let's answer some listener questions from the Erwin R. Scheister episode, The Taxing of Bin Laden. By the way, you've made The Taxing of Bin Laden the most downloaded episode of Inside the Promo, and I thank you for that. Um, but let's go ahead and jump right into these emails. Don't want to waste any time. Um, the first email is from Swagger Lee in New Orleans. Um, now, first of all, let me say something. I, I, I spoke on my relationship with Dark Side of the Ring on the last episode. Um, I'm not going to you know get into that. I got a lot of questions about Dark Side of the Ring, so I, I just don't know. I, I'm not going to talk about that anymore. Um, that's old hat. You know what I mean? I want to move on. So, um, but I will answer this question right here from last, the last episode. Um, Swagger says in the last episode, you referred to the gobbledygooker as a chicken. Isn't the gobbledygooker a turkey? Well, Swagger, yes and no. Um, while the gobbledygooker walks and talks like a turkey, um, it's in the chicken family. Um, it's, it's in the genus Gallus Gallus. Um, so genetically, the DNA, um, it's actually much closer to a chicken than it is a turkey. Um, but I do understand that confusion. So for the sake of future, future conversations, let's just call it a turkey. Thanks a lot, Swagger. Next question here, <laughs> Sylvia in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. And she says, so far, you've only done WWF promos. Are you going to do any other promotions? Well, yes. The answer is yes. Tonight, we're looking at a TNA promo. So that theory uh, has gone out the window. But let me explain something. Let me explain something about what's going on here, okay? I have to follow the story, okay? So if it means I do 100 WWF episodes in order to get to the truth, And I'm going to do that. In fact, on the very next episode of the show, um, that's going to be a follow up to the Tweezer King episode. I found an excellent source um, that's going to share more information about the snake bite and who might actually been at fault. And I can't wait to share that with you. Well that's the mailbag for this week. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to send those in at inside the promo on social media or in or at insidethepromo.com. But before we get to tonight's promo, let's check in with Kevin. You're a professional wrestler, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm not currently licensed. Um, I had to renew my license in like January or well DC my license I had to renew in like March and um it didn't look like there was going to be wrestling shows. So I did not want to give DC money for a license that I don't think will have like be used this year. So um currently not licensed, but I am still trained.
0: Do you have to be licensed everywhere? Because I always thought that, you know, some States were a little more strict than others,
1: not everywhere,
0: but most
1: places, um, West Virginia, um, as you probably would assume, you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. But yeah, like, there's a there's two companies really running in DC right now and like they had to battle so much loopholes because um like the commission and stuff keeps looping it in with like MMA and boxing. The way it's the way that it's strict now isn't the way it should be strict. Right now to be a professional wrestler, you literally just have to pay fees and like and then some states you have to get like a physical, but like in no part of the process is it like, "Hey, did you train? Like, do you know what you're doing?" Um, and like that part should probably be, like, companies, of course, like enforce that. But like that should, if like you're making people get a license, that should probably be part of the license process. So like right now, it's really just like, like them taking money from us
0: you work with you said you mentioned there were two companies. I know there's Primetime Wrestling that works over here uh, yeah. around the corner.
1: There's an- another company.
0: I haven't worked with them, but I I definitely support what they're doing. You also worked at, uh, you worked at Nova Pro and then kind of made that transition with them to the Primetime Wrestling? Yeah. And what kind of stuff were you doing there?
1: Um so I did commentary mostly for Nova. Um I did wrestle on two events for them. Um but then a lot of it was also like set up, tear down, stuff like that.
0: Making that transition from like a fan to a wrestler, uh, you know, someone competing in there, what was the biggest transition? Like what were some of the preconceptions you had and maybe they got knocked down, some surprising things? So I started training when I was 16.
1: So there was probably a lot like, there wasn't a long time of like being an adult and like kind of seeing what's going on with it. So there wasn't a lot of like preconceived notions when I started doing it. Obviously it's more physical than probably what you're led to believe. Like for a while, everyone believed that it was a hundred percent real. And then everyone started to believe that it was a hundred percent fake when like, especially when like I was training a couple of times a week and whatnot, like it was painful. Like a lot of that stuff isn't, isn't safe. I mean, it's, maybe that's the wrong thing to say, but isn't like things hurt. Like one of the mantras is always like hit hard in safe places. Mm. And so, like, just because it's a safe place to get hit, like, doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It just means, like, you're not going to get injured. And, like, chops hurt a whole lot. The rings are normally, like, real hard. Like, I trained in a boxing ring, which is, like, super stiff. So, like, the rings definitely aren't soft. I probably thought that a little bit when I, before I started training, was that, like, the ring was, like, a trampoline type thing. Um, no, it's mostly just like wood and, and like a little bit of padding, and sometimes a spring, sometimes not a spring, um, depending on who makes it. And like the ropes are super hard too. Um,
0: yeah, that's a, that's what they talk about—the ropes being so you know dangerous—and you you've seen it.
1: Yeah, not even like if you hit them right, like you, if you haven't ran the ropes in a while, like just running the ropes, you'll bruise like underneath, like a little bit, like behind your um, armpit um it'll leave a bruise and like if you're at a live show you can see it on some of the guys especially like more of the paler guys
0: and did you uh did you have one of those moments like uh a known racist Hulk hogan he has a story about going to train i think it was a hero matsuda or was training at the time broke his leg and then he came back and that's when they respected him. or like people tell the story of they train you so hard early on that you're just throwing up everywhere Do you have an experience like that
1: Um, so things have kind of cooled down a little bit when I was still training, it was still a lot like it wasn't as much of like beat up the person to see if they can stay in the business, which what it was before, um, kind of when I started training, it was a lot of like work out until like people don't want to come back. Um, but at the same time, like, especially when I was training, like most, wrestling companies started a wrestling school because the wrestling company wasn't making money mm. and they could trick people into giving them tuition. And Just that like would,
0: regular college.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. Pretty much. You can't, you can't be too mean to people or else like then they stop paying. You also train with, you train with Nyla Rose, no? Yes. Uh, she was, she was in my graduating class. All right. What was, what was she like? She hadn't transitioned at that point.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So that's always like a surreal kind of experience that like I trained with this person and I guess they didn't feel comfortable enough to show me who they really were Mm. or, or, and like, honestly, may, I might not have been showing enough love to where they felt comfortable doing that. Um, so it's like, I don't know, but she was always fun. I enjoyed hanging out with her. I still enjoy hanging out with her when I get to see her. Um, our training class, like our training schedule was weird. Um, there was times where we just didn't train and we went to Denny's or a strip club. So,
0: well, that's how they trained back in the day.
1: Yeah, no, but yeah, the Manassas Denny's, that's like the second training center that I was at. What do you learn uh, at Denny's? Uh, don't chew ice. Dudley boys don't like that.
0: Did they 3D you at Denny's? Was it a quad D? It was a Denny's Dudley. They weren't there. even
1: there that was just the lesson I learned was that they, they don't (laughs) like it. Spending so much time with these people, you like, like build relationships and like friendships and whatnot, which carries over. Whereas like, if we had just been training, like maybe, maybe like that wouldn't have happened. Like we wouldn't have felt like if we were in the ring together, that we were comfortable with everyone and Hmm. knew everyone and whatnot. It was just like, Oh, this is just us going through the motions or whatever. This is what we learned instead of like, Oh, this is the person I care about. Uh they care about me. They're going to take I know that they're going to take care of me in the ring like
0: Uh what are some of your your favorite moments, your proudest moments in the ring, around the ring?
1: One of my favorite moments was right before my last match that I had um which was against one of my trainers, John Kerman, and uh John Kerman's like a super serious like MMA type guy. He teaches MMA and Jujutsu and stuff. And so we were gonna have a match and I knew he was supposed to kick me in the match. And so like right before he's about to make his entrance, so he's like getting all like serious and whatnot. I uh I looked down and saw he didn't have kick pads on. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, you're not, so you're gonna you're not gonna put on your kick pads? So I made that joke to him and I could see him like just break from his like seriousness. <laughs> um And, like, we weren't going to go have, like, a serious match because that's not – I'm not capable of doing that. Um, So we were going to pretty much have, like, a comedy match. So it wasn't, like, a huge thing to, like, break him before he goes out. But, like, it was a fun moment for me to just be able to tell that joke and see, see him laugh.
0: When Jay Lethal debuted in Ring of Honor in 2003, he aligned himself with a stable of burnouts, collectively known as Special K, in reference to the powerful animal tranquilizer, ketamine, often abused as a street drug. While Lethal turned his life around eventually, in 2006, his behavior became more erratic, um, disassociative in nature he took on the vocal patterns, mannerisms, and ring gear of the late Macho Man Randy Savage. Lethal eventually traded in that black machismo for Space Mountain, dropping the Macho Man gimmick and taking on the identity of the nature boy, Ric Flair. This led to the legendary promo that we're gonna discuss tonight, simply known as the woo-off. But the question remains, What was causing that strange behavior? Was Jay Lethal simply trying to get over? Or had he not gotten over his dark past? Today we talk with the man that says he was his personal stylist and actually dressed Jay Lethal for all these different personalities. His name? Simply Slick Water
2: Drip. Well, you know, look at it it this way, you know what I'm saying? The clothes make the man, and I make the clothes for the man. So therefore, by the Braggian-Reading Theorem, I am the man's man.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: You feel me? You feel me? And so I like to get you, you know, get the nice little triple-breasted suit, you know, the Rolex to go with the arm piece, you know, and then you get yourself some arm kit, and then, you know what I'm saying, you turn a $10,000 suit into a $2 million man. Mm
3: -hmm. And that's
2: what I'm here for. I'm here to make you a $2 million man. You look like you like fine suits, fine clothes, fine cars. I can help you out after this show is over.
0: I, well, I, I've been wearing the same raggedy suit since J school. So this is uh, i can use Listen, a makeover for sure. I,
2: I, I can just, you know, just help you. I'm just gonna just help you out. Cause when you gotta go up there to get your award for this documentary, you want to look like a million bucks. I want to help you look yeah. like two million. And then you know, all of a sudden you own your own production company. You, you putting Tyler Perry out of business. You buy his property. Bada bing bada boom You're the biggest thing in the world, baby. Let me help you. Help me help you.
0: I like it. I like it. How would you describe your personal style? I mean, what would I look like?
2: Well, if, if you know, we would have a little, little bit more of a conversation, figure out what you want. Um, you know, if you want, I can get you that New York, you know, Gucci out to the socks look, if that's what you want. If you want to go a little West Coast, you know, easy easy living, you want some Hawaii 5 I can do that for you. you know If you were in the hot area, I can do some serious sucker. You know, I tailor to your needs, baby, I tailor to your needs.
0: I like this, I like this. And I can see why uh, Jay Lethal would have liked you if you were able to tailor to his different needs. He seemed like he was, uh, you were his personal stylist. Um, it seems like that might've been difficult um, dressing for him. Uh, him being a different person every
2: night. Jay Lethal. That's a name I haven't heard in years. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was good when we were, we were close. I mean, I, I put some nice clothes on him. He introduced me to some of his friends mm-hmm. and I, I helped make me, you know, soak a water trip, made me who I am today. But then he just changed on me and he, he was his black machismo just became too much. And I can't dress you like Rick Flip and then the Macho Man. Right? That's, that's, that's a classic cultures, baby. I can't, you know, you, you're making me look bad because you want me to make you look like two million million one day and then like a, a $5 hobo the next day. I can't do that, baby. you making making, that's an insult to my tailor skills.
0: And that's and that's you. T- so if we go back to two thousand seven, uh, as the story goes, uh, that's when we're introduced to Black Machismo. Um, mm-hmm. What was what were you thinking when you saw that look? Um, very retro.
2: But then it wasn't until it got to the cornrow look that I was really able to you know yeah. make him who he was today. Because you have Iverson. to remember, but yeah, the Allen Iverson. Exactly. The hang- See, hang time. You you you're a man of culture. I like you. Yeah. You're a man of culture. And the Allen Iverson look when everybody was going super like against the grain, you know, no more respectability politics. They was going, was like, I want to be who I am. And I, and slick water drip, make him feel like money. And I can make you feel like money too. If anybody out there wants to feel like money, just holler at him and he'll holler at me. And then we can make money together, baby.
0: Let's see. So uh, he wanted to be, he, we had black machismo. Um, when did you first meet? Uh, uh, "Quote unquote," Ric Flair. I put that in quotation marks. When did you meet Jay Lethal
2: version of Ric Flair? It was r- it was it was around. I want to say it was summer of oh seven. He walked in and he just looked different. Like his hair looked a little bit more crisp. He had a, a, a more of a swagger to him. He was wearing. Um, some retro Jordans, and it was the first time i ever seen him in some retro Jordans. And I asked him, yo, Jay, yo, what's up with the Jays? And he's like, listen, these $600 shoes, baby, I need you to make a suit that fits $600 shoes. And I was like, excuse me, where'd you get $600 shoes? That's not what you normally wear. I usually put you in some penny loafers, you know, some some Dockers, because that's, that's what your budget could afford. And he says, you was talking to, woo, the Slip the limousine wagon, roll it to where I was like, "Whoa, it's time mm-hmm. out, slow down, baby." I know exactly what you need, and that's what I fitted him in some pinstripes. I fitted him in some extra tight, athletic athletic button-ups were not a thing yet, but I tailored one just for him. I gave him a little slick tie, and bada bing, bada boom. You saw, you saw it, baby. You see it, you see the money. It's like what a trip right there in the tag. as soon as he takes it off in that promo.
0: He's definitely looking like money here, uh, Kevin. We're, uh, I'll ask you: Were you a fan of TNA? Did you ever I watch was, TNA?
1: I was. I was. Uh, I was sending them ten dollars every single week to order a weekly pay per view in
0: two thousand and three. Whoa! Uh, so I was My on name.
1: the I was on the TNA train.
0: Ooh. And and who was on that show? Probably uh, Jeff Jarrett. Uh yeah, Jared was there. Um
1: the X Division was big. Uh so yeah. that was mainly like low-key, um Christopher Daniels, uh Jerry Lynn, AJ Styles. Um, I was a big Michael oh, Shane AJ. guy.
0: AJ. AJ Styles, yeah. But AJ
1: speaking Styles. of speaking of AJ Styles, uh, he was in this uh video we watched of uh that nice suit you made for Jay Lethal. And AJ yeah. and uh Frankie Kazarian, uh did they have a personal stylist back? Backstage because I looking at this video, it does not look like they did, and if they did, uh, that's why that person's not on the show,
2: right yeah I don't, I, I, I don't want to speak bad about you know, people's personal lives, but back then, they let their um, <clears throat> their oldest children dress them as a, you know, a little shout out when you watch the show, you can see something that their children picked out for them. And that's why they dress the way they did. They dress like you know, mature bros, if you will. Not, yeah, that, but that's not money. No, no. <laughs> now Aj though, uh, a few years later, when he decided he wanted to go across the ocean, if you will, um, I he came back. He had a little money in his pocket, and he wanted to look like money over there. And I just did a little thing, did a couple of things for him. They didn't. They weren't totally slick water drip, but. I gave him something just so he, when everyone he went over there, he looked a little bit like some, yeah, if you will. Uh,
0: some Gucci kimonos? Uh,
2: I was, it was more of uh, some um, off the rack, dapper Dan type stuff, but yes.
0: Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm sure uh, he was styling in uh, Rapungi. Um, so let's, let's, let's talk about this promo here. Uh, this was an episode of TNA Impact uh, from 2010. Uh, leading up to the 2010 Victory Road uh, pay-per-view. So, uh, we did, uh, uh, Ric Flair comes out to introduce his new faction called Fortune. Um, as we talked about, AJ Styles was there. Um, Desmond Wolf was there, uh, who we now know as Nigel
1: McGinnis. Okay. I'm just happy they named a, named a uh, stable after that website, 4chan.
0: And you can kind of see it on this show. It's a lot of sexual innuendo. Like it was written by, I think it was written by the same children that dressed uh, Fortune.
2: I think Charlotte has something to do with it as well. Or, I mean, I knew her as Ashley, but you might know her as Charlotte. She has something to do with some of the looks too, like the necklaces especially. Oh, David got passed over? David was not in a good place at that time.
0: Uh, you mean his dress wear because a lot of t-shirts cut off jorts yeah
2: yeah yeah it was it was i i had to put a stop i didn't make a call to dixie and said listen if you're gonna have my money up there you just can't be just you know putting all that counterfeit next to it that just makes me look bad baby you know that's bad for business i I can't trust you for your your wedding if you don't have me looking bad like the business for potential clients babe it's water like what a, it's like what a trip don't do that baby
0: Uh, You're not the only one, uh, Slickwater, that took uh, exception with Ric Flair tonight. Um, Jay Lethal decided to come out.
3: Did I hear that punk right there say anything about the four horsemen? The greatest group I didn't hear that because as far as I'm concerned, it looks like the horsemen were here. They took a dump in the ring and they left that.
0: What is he wearing? I think you talk. What was he? What
2: is he wearing today? Um, I think he was wearing um, a
0: dark suit.
2: Was it a darker suit? Yeah. It was uh, was one of, it was like my third iteration of that, um, that look. I was trying to go for the, the subtle pinstripe with the, his name going down was so thin that it looked like it was a solid color. So so my goal was when, if the camera zoomed in on it, you could see his name all over his body. Wow. Like some, like some uh, um, Polynesian tattoos. That was, the, that was my idea at the time. And wow. then the shirt, the, uh, the button up underneath shirt has a lot of give in the back, but it's tight in the front. And that was something that yep. took a took took a couple of days to do.
0: Well, I I, I doubt those uh, TNA cameras uh, were able to pick up that detail. At this at, at at this point, um, that's when that's when the clothes start to come off. They come off pretty early.
3: Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? Why'd you, Nature Boy? Not that
0: what was it like the first time you met Ric Flair and did he throw a shoe
2: at you? Ric Flair. Mm, he was, he's a very big inspiration. In my, in my later work, when he came in to the store with Jay one time to, you know, prepare for this. Um, he came in actually in just like some, uh, some Jordan Jumpman sweatsuit outfit. It took me totally by surprise. Mm-hmm. I thought he would be, you know, be all suited and booted all the time. But no, he was just like, he was just chilling. And when I asked him, why are you wearing that? He says, brother, sometimes you just got to be comfortable in your own skin. And sometimes you need to let your skin breathe. This glow don't come, you know, without a little time to recover. Mm -hmm. I think he'd been drinking the night before, and that was his hangover outfit, is what he was telling me.
0: He's probably on his way from drinking and on his way to drinking.
2: I, listen, I don't want to accuse the man of anything untoward. He's, he's a good friend of mine. He's helped me make a lot of money. He's put me in a lot of prominent positions. And I have never seen Ric Flair drink or do anything unholy or unreligious-like, ever. He's a good man.
0: That's interesting. That's interesting to hear. I'm glad that we're really clearing up some of this stuff that the regular wrestling media, the mainstream wrestling media, just won't. Uh, you know, they lead you to believe that he's a, uh, uh, some kind of uh, deviant.
2: Well, let me explain to you a little something about Ric Flair. Ric Flair is, he's old money in the uh, Southern term. And he's so old money that he has been married. He was married at least three times and divorced three times and never signed a prenup. And he was still rich when I met him. That's how old, how much, how long his old money is. Mm. Think about that.
0: Yeah. At, at, at this point, uh, Rick challenges uh, Lethal to show him something, and Jay Come Lethal on. takes off his clothes. Uh, t- well, he takes off his jacket. He drops an elbow on his coat. Um, that must have been interesting. Did you have a lot of? Did you have to do a lot of repairs and things like that? Uh, Jay on his never wore from same... elbow drops.
2: Jay never wore the same uh, suit twice, and that was something he picked up from Rick. Right um so i actually had to i he wanted me to donate that suit to the smithsonian um i'm still waiting for the call back from the smithsonian yeah um i I have the suit in my in a in a dry uh closet and he's whenever the smithsonian is ready to hang that suit up in the rafters where it deserves to be i will put that there and hopefully me, that's when me and Jay can uh, reconcile and talk about our problems that we've had. What kind of problems did you have? Well, Jay got a little big time and he thought my suits didn't make him look rich enough as mm-hmm. he's got bigger and bigger. Um, I think it has something to do with the, uh, the macho man machismo uh, character that he developed.
0: He still had a little machismo
2: left. Yeah, and it just... It just rubbed me the wrong way. He started asking for some crazy things, and it just was damaging the brand. And Slickwater, slick and drip don't don't do brand damaging. You damage the brand even a little bit, you got to go. And we just had a falling out. Um, I don't think it's something that we can't fix. It's just something that we just have to talk about, and he just needs to explain. To uh, where was I at that time. I think drugs had something to do with it. I don't want to make any untoward accusations, but um, hopefully I mean, he's in a better of, what place What kind of now.
0: drugs are we talking about? I mean, when you're, uh, obviously you're living the lifestyle, your most decorated uh, Ring of Honor champion, you know, you, uh, I mean, what kind of drugs do, are we talking about here? Are we talking about uppers or downers, screamers, laughers,
3: Julius, uh, special,
0: special K? Are you saying that J-lethal uh, was in a K hole. Was that causing the personality breaks?
2: That's something you don't have to ask Jay. I've already had enough defamation of character lawsuits filed against me from his camp. I don't want to. I, I don't want any more of those problems.
0: Oh please, my spare room wallpaper made out of defamation lawsuits.
2: You know, you know how it goes. I am made of money, baby, but I don't like giving people my money that I earned hard, the hard way. I ain't just trying to give it to just any old body. Jay ain't getting no more of my money. It was so mad. at this point,
0: so at this point, Rick does some pelvic thrusts to the crowd, very crude to the women here.
2: Um,
1: yeah. Like what I didn't understand is Jay Lethal and Ric Flair both said that they uh, liked late nights, parties, kissing girls, and making
2: them cry. Why were they trying to make women cry? I don't. The notebook just came out. People like crying. You know, they cry, they come back. I think, think that's what the reason behind it.
0: After Rick does the pelvic thrust, um, Jay Lethal tells him that uh, that that Space Mountain has been torn down. Uh, mm-hmm. Rick reminds him that it's the oldest ride in the longest line. Now, tell me, Slickwater, <laughs> if if your sexual prowess was named after uh, a part of an amusement park, what we, what would it be called?
2: Now I'm a happily married man, so it would just be. Now it would just be a safe little kid's ride. But back in those times, when me and Jay and Rick and AJ and Deathman were running the towns, I was a pirate of the Caribbean.
3: Mm,
0: mm, Strong stuff. Uh, Skiff? So mine would be uh, the
1: Tower of Doom. Big letdown.
0: I would call mine the concession stand.
3: Sure as hell can't control Being me. Being a cheap imitation of a legend, the greatest wrestler who ever lived. Yes. Yes. I am out here making a name for myself. So I suggest tonight you do the same thing. You take that ghetto booty. Take it off a space mountain for five seconds and put it in this ring, cause I'm gonna kick it.
0: It's also kinda, you know, racist. Like, I don't know if I should be more offended cause it's racist or cause he thinks it's intimidating. Um, yes, yeah, I, it, I was offended.
1: Is it British slang, like?
0: A ghetto booty? Uh, I believe that might be British slang. It has some, it, 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 I think it's the bottom, it's the soles of your feet.
2: I think it's French. I think it's actually originating in France.
0: Did did uh, did Nigel Wolf uh, ever, uh, did he ever talk about your ghetto booty?
2: Let's just say he couldn't afford to be in the shadows of the front door of my store. His money wasn't there yet. Maybe he's made some smart investments. He can probably get one of my off-the-rack suits.
0: He's, he's got to go hang out at the concession stand.
2: He's, he's got to go to Joseph A. Bank.
0: Oh, hey, they've got some nice collars. They sent me, I got an email. Let me pull this email up.
2: Hold on. It's got,
0: it's a nice coupon and you can combine them.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm. Coupons. Ah, I haven't seen a coupon, I haven't sent out a coupon in 20 years, but you know, that's good. That's good that they're still uh, doing what they got to do. Nigel will be proud.
0: I'm going to holler at you, Slate.
2: I, I got you, baby. I got you. This this documentary that you're putting together, it's gonna to be on the what what what's the work? You guys you guys get Emmys or Grammys or something like that? Maybe you get both.
0: Uh, yeah. You I, I want them all.
2: You're gonna get EGOT, and we'll have a suit just for each and every one of the five uh stages that you're gonna be gracing.
0: Can I get a pin pinstripe suit where the like the one you made with Jay Lee where it says it says EGOT in it?
2: Got, oh, got you, baby. I like the way you think. I like the way you think. Um. Do you want a special belt with it as well?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. What are my options?
2: Uh, see, see, there you go. The, see, all right, I'm, let me teach you a little something about money, baby. Let me teach. Oh, you. All right. When you got the finest suits, you do not wear a belt with it. Oh. Because this suit, the pants have been tailor made for your hips and oh. your butts. And so it doesn't need to be tightened, and secure or fast, baby. It ain't going nowhere unless you. Tell it to go somewhere. The only belt you'll need is a championship belt. This man right here, when you go up to get an award with him, I assume you're the producer. I'm going to have a special suit and a tap for you. Nice little fedora. You look like a fedora, man. I've never worn one, but I'm sure you can make it look good. You Are you a happily married man? I'm not. Oh, baby. By the time time you get off that stage, you're going to have at least four or five women up there there trying to propose to you. Or men, I don't you know, whatever folks so, <laughs> you vote, know, They I ain't no judging over here.
3: And then I can make them cry. I tried the old guy. Young guys are much faster, stronger. Hey, and they're 60-minute men, that is Wow! <laughs> wow! 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 <laughs> told you don't know what 60 minutes is. You don't know what 60 is in the bedroom or the ring. Um,
0: so Jay Lethal accepts... Um, um, McGinnis's uh, challenge
3: called himself
0: a sixty-minute man. Is that? I mean, at sixty minutes at that point—that's just. I mean, you're really depleting your electrolytes, um, showing off. That's just too much, right? Sixty minutes.
2: Well, it for for normal human beings, that's that's a little bit too much and kind of hard to do. But uh, if you know, you know. I mean, they weren't exactly—they uh, were Lance Armstrong, yet, if you will.
0: Oh, well, that's, you know what, that's a a, a great point. Um, I want to talk about this uh, special K, and I don't mean the uh, pseudo nutritious cereal um, from <laughs> Kellogg's. Uh, I'm talking about the drugs that Jay Lethal was on that was causing his um, disassociative patterns here in public. Um, did you ever try to get him help?
2: Um, once or twice. Yeah. Um, when he was making a lot, making me a lot of money, so I didn't want to do anything to, to endanger the money. Naturally. But- when I started railing towards, um, the different sides of yeah, the, um, of his personality, I, to- I told him he might need to go see somebody. And he, that's when our relationship started to fray.
0: And was this as Jay or was this as Randy or Rick? When did you, did you know when you were going to get, when were you going to get whoever and who you're going to dress? Did you have just have to carry around a whole wardrobe, different wardrobes?
2: Uh, I would have to carry around at least, um, Eight different ones, two for each character. Um, wow. The problem was when, uh, whenever Randy would show up, that's when the issues would show up.
0: What was the thing that really sealed the deal on your relationship? You started hanging out with uh, Terry Balea,
2: and no, he just no, couldn't handle no. it. <laughs> no, no, I would. Terry was never a part of uh, of us. I I knew. Um, Terry, the other Terry, and if any Terry showed up, we were. It was a no go. We ain't doing this. You can come holler at me when you sober up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and speaking of a known racist, Terry Bellea, um he he actually made the match for Victory Road between Jay mm-hmm. Lethal and Ric Flair, um, which Jay Lethal won by uh, submission by you by way of the figure four uh were you at victory road uh were you all still speaking at that point
2: we were still speaking that was towards the end of our good term uh, but i was not at victory road i was um out in hollywood um i was hanging out with uh leo at that time getting him ready for um leonardo dicaprio
0: oh the actor
2: i was yeah, I was getting his suits ready. He wow. he was a big he was a big TNA fan. He loved Jay's uh, suit. So he called me out and I had to go do some more. Jay understood. You know, he knew where he was at in total poem compared to Leonardo DiCaprio.
0: Well, I mean, it's uh, if you have to choose between hanging out with know, Leonardo DiCaprio and the most decorated Ring of Honor champion of all time.
2: I... it was a hard choice, but um Leo, uh, Leo was also hanging out with uh, George Cooley at the time too. So, yeah. And if you know anything about George Cooley and Leo at that time, that was not an invitation that you turned down.
0: That yeah, that sounds like a twofer. That's a real battle royal. Let me ask you: Do you think there's a chance for reconciliation? What What do you um, want Jay to hear?
2: Uh, Jay, if you're listening, just know that. I'm sorry for, all, for yelling at you and calling you all kinds of uh, racial slurs. Um, you did not deserve that. I was just angry at the time. Um, I was experimenting with some different things in my life. And we just caught each other at very bad times and low points in our lives, respectively. And I'm sorry for what I've done to you. You know what I did. Um, I don't need to put all our, all our business out on the front street. Um, but I'm sorry, was there's a K- chance.
0: Was this K-Hole related at all?
2: Um, for him, yes. For me, yeah. it was um, side effects to Viagra. Uh,
0: I see. <laughs> Hanging out with Leo and uh, Clooney. Yeah.
2: I wanted to know what it was like to be a 60-minute man. I could only get up to 45. Wow. Kids just don't do drugs.
0: That's a good place to leave it. Uh Kevin, do you have any final thoughts you enjoyed? Uh what did you think of uh, Victory Road? Did you watch Victory Road? What did you think of this promo? So, did you learn anything today? Anything?
3: Um
1: I am just waiting when we're going to talk about uh the other match on this this show that this promo took place. Uh it was the rematch from ROH's uh epic encounter between Samoa Joe and Hot Stuff Hernandez. Uh are we going to we going to have time for that?
0: Um probably not oh man yeah no. yeah sorry
1: no yeah, the promo was good i enjoyed it i uh i learned a lot of things i learned what a 60 minute man was learned about making women cry um i learned about fighting clothes um what i didn't learn is what what uh what knots
0: did lethal use on that tie known racist terry Balea.
2: yes and if any of your listeners want to come down to to my shop to uh get fitted for some suits um Hopefully you know somebody who knows me, and then I can hook you up. So
0: they they probably can't afford it, to be quite honest. So I don't want to put you, leave your hopes up.
2: Listen, I'm just trying to ha- listen. You have your fan base is a lot bigger than you think. All right, I know my homeboy uh, Double G told me about you. He gave me some good information about you, and I'm ready to uh, hook you up for Whoa. when this. Uh,
0: wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. G Double G. Are we? You talking about G G Gomez?
2: Yeah, yeah, he told me about you. That's why I'm on the show.
0: You know, you know, Gigi Gomez. Can you put me in touch? Hello? Hello? What is, what's, what happened? What is this? What does it say? Upgrade. Oh, man. Kiss my. free trial of my recording software only allows me so much time to record, so the interview cut off before I could find out more about Slickwater's relationship with Gigi Gomez. Will this compel me to pay for an upgrade? Not likely. I was not able to reconnect with Slickwater due to the fact that he was calling from a community burner phone in Harlem that ran out of minutes. If anyone knows the whereabouts of Slickwater or Gigi Gomez, please reach out to the show um, at Inside the Promo. But before we go, let's talk about Jay Lethal, a star whose potential was nearly wasted by the drug ketamine. Fortunately, he continues to be a workhorse for the Ring of Honor promotion, and sure, it worked out for him. Randy Savage and Ric Flair were top guys. But what about the young aspiring wrestlers, the Kevin Skiffingtons of the world? What if they decide to go the same route and turn into disco inferno or Ryback. They might not be so lucky. That's a K hole you won't be able to dig your way out of. Special thanks to Kevin Skiffington, Slick Water Drip, and Elijah Abrams. Uh, you can continue the conversation at Inside the Promo on social media and at insidethepromo.com. I'm Craig Creggerson. Good night.
3: Look for the trip, baby.
2: He's all about making magic happen. I'm making money, making magic, baby. What can I do for you?